thing. And so uh, welcome online. Welcome in the room. We're here. We're, we're so honored to have you today. And um, it's a blessing. So take out your Bible, Mark chapter two. We're also going to have it on the on the on the screen down below here. But the question I have for us is, is what Jesus was saying is, why are you thinking these things? If you're here with us, you know, that we've been going through reawakening the wonder of God. So let me pray. Father, thank you that nothing is impossible with you. And I pray that, Father, right now that you would speak to us in this room, those online that are watching and those that will watch us later, that, Lord, that we would get to the point that we can say, what if what if God does want me to win? What if I can have victory and that we can, Lord, help us today? So, Lord, I humble myself as your servant. Let me bring your word with your power, your spirit, your anointing for those in this room, those that are watching and then those that will watch later, God. But help us, God, free us up, Lord God, from negative imagination to a faith-filled imagination. God, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm going to read Mark chapter 2. We'll talk about this just for a few moments. Um, Mark 2, 1, says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men bringing to him a, paralytic, a paralyzed man carried by four, some men carried by four of them. Since they could not go get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Verse five, when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, let me read it one time. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, immediately, listen to this. Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. And they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. What if? Come on, what if? Why, why are we thinking these things? Why do we think the negative all the time? Come on, shoot, right? Why do we always think the worst case? So, so the question in that, in that little video, um, what is your fear? What is your worst fear? Think about that. What is your worst fear? What if it came true? Something like, hey, it did, it did. You know, well, Lord, I rebuke that and help pray for healing or whatever. But what about your greatest dream? What is your greatest dream? What if that came to be true? So when I ask the questions, which one did you dwell on most? Your worst fear or your greatest dream? You see, the problem is we tend to lean to the negative. We are, we are negatively drawn because the world tells us to be negative. Our society tells us to ne be negative. The devil tells us to be negative. And God is saying, no, but what if? What if your greatest dreams came true? What if you knew that I was walking with you everywhere? What if? Now imagine here... In this case, Jesus comes to Capernaum and now it says he came home. Was that his home? I don't know. Can you imagine someone breaking through your roof, 
to bring roof. Some of you make my sometimes my family will make fun of me because of the way I pronounce words. OK, um, and so breaking through your roof or your roof, how you want to say it, and then lowering someone down into your presence and Jesus not being mad. Hey, man, that's going to cost me money. No, he said. He saw their faith and he said, your sins are forgiven. Rise. What if God is still that same God today? The answer to that is he is. But what if we would allow him to work in our lives? What if we would allow someone to pull the roof open so we could see that God? Maybe you need to do that, right? Often our imagination is referred to what we call our mind's eye, right? We, we, most of us say that. Um, and it, it, it's because when what we see in our minds can come true sometimes, right? Right? Come on, just nod your head or if you're online, just say yes, thumbs up, whatever. Um, Mark Twain said this, you can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. You can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. And so if you're always going to see that something's going wrong, that always something's going to go bad, you're going to always be looking for the wrong. You're going to always be looking for the bad. So much so that sometimes you will make it happen. You see, every one of us have imagination. Say, I have imagination. Online, I have imagination. You do, okay? And every one of us use it, good or bad, wrong or right. Okay, we all do it, okay? So check this out. So Jesus was dealing with this religious group of people whose wonder switch, and I've been talking about their wonder switch had been turned off by their rules, by their regulations, by their religious practices and their self-righteousness. Their quest for knowledge of the rules and to be right had turned their imagination from good to bad. And so instead of seeing a man that was healed, can you imagine this? Now put your mind, imagine, imagine with me. Imagine you were in that room and that you're here and Jesus is speaking and he's touching and healing. And all of a sudden the roof comes apart, you know, stuff falls. And then this man is lowered. And most of you know him. You know, I know that guy that, you know, that's so and so over there. I see him all the time. He's on the side of the road begging because, you know, that was the way it was for them. And so you see him come down and you see Jesus look up and he's pleased by their faith. And he says, you're healed. You're forgiven. Can you imagine that? And the religious people, instead of saying, wow, praise God, they're like, who does he think he is? Who, 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 who does he think he is? Do you see what I'm saying? They missed the power of God because they were so focused on the negative. They were so focused on the rules. They were so focused on their righteousness that they forgot that this man needed a miracle. And so sometimes we get so focused on the negative that we miss out on the possibilities that God can work in our lives. Come on, true, amen? You see, listen to this. Albert Einstein says this, you see, because these men, these religious leaders wanted knowledge. They wanted they wanted to know about God and know how his laws were instead of knowing God. And Albert Einstein in an interview said this imagination. Listen, Albert Einstein, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. Did you hear that? Let me read it to you again. Albert Einstein, a very smart man. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. You see, the friends of this paralytic man, they allowed their imagination to say, you know what? It's crowded in there, but what if we, what, there's a way to get Jesus in there. There's a way. And they figured, I mean, they climbed on the roof and they dug a hole and they lowered the man down. They found a way. You see, when we allow our imagination to think good thoughts, we can find solutions. 
We can find hope. We can find the miracles. But if we're always looking at the bad, we can miss the miracles right in front of us. We can miss the miracle maker right in front of us. Come on, amen? What if you could imagine the best instead of the worst? Think about that. What if you could imagine the best instead of the worst? What if we could allow God to free our imagination? What if we could think, you know what? God can do things. God will do things. Um, imagine these four men. They brought their friend through the crowds and they lowered him through the roof. They had to have, they had to say, there's a way. Instead of saying, I mean, most of us, we look at the crowds and forget it. I'm not going there. I, I mean, and, and to be honest, I don't like, I don't like bumping, you know, you know, and Shulligan and Shulligan or going to Paramiso. You know, I don't like that kind of crowd. But they said, you know what? There is a way. God is going to do something. Let's, let's push through. Okay, we can't get in the room. We'll, we'll go above. Most of us was like, man, this is too, it's hot. We, you know, we tried. Sorry, we tried, but you know what? That's all we could do today. Their imagination said, no, there is an answer. There is a solution. We're going to see him healed. What if you could have an imagination that allows God to work in your life? Allows you, God, to work in your circle of influence and in the world. What if the church really believed like the friends of the paralytic and found a way to bring healing and salvation to a sin-crippled world? Come on, amen? What if you imagine the great things of God for your life? Are you ready? Are you ready? Say online, say yes, okay, because I'm going to go. I, I got to go. I'm excited now. So the first thing is this, is I've got to talk about this first, is the misuse of imagination. The misuse of, of imagination. So letter A is worry. Listen, worry is a misuse of imagination. We all worry. And I'm not saying that you and I don't face real troubles, real problems. I'm not saying that. I mean, we, we have seen this has been, our world has been turned over. However, when we worry... We make, listen to this, when we worry, we make assumptions about things in the future that often do not happen. Say, does not happen. Okay? Listen to this. Worry is a trap. Say that with me. Worry is a trap. Put it in the chat where you're at. Type it. Worry is a trap. And when we get caught up in it, listen, when we get caught up in worry, we all do it. I'm not saying I don't ever worry about things. It's like a straitjacket. It's like being tied up with ropes. And it constrains our lives because we think, man, if I, I just will, what if, what if this fails? What if this fails? What if this fails? What if I, and the problem is that then it just keeps you down. What if it works? What if it excels? What if God does work in you? Do you see what I'm saying? You see, the only real way to get out of this is you got to flip your wonder switch on. You got to get back to saying, you know what? There is a way. There is a God. He does love me. He does want the best for me. Come on. Amen. We must Turn our worry to hope. And I'm not saying, I, I mean, I do. All of us worry about things throughout. I mean, again, the whole COVID thing, we're worried, we're worried, we're worried, we're worried, we're worried. But what if we say, you know, what if there is a miracle? What if God does break through? What if we get through this? And listen, we will get through this. We are not the first generation to deal with a, a pandemic or a plague or, uh, you know, we're in my personal devotion time. We were reading about how um, Joseph was brought into Egypt and there was a famine Throughout the world, my family, we were talking about the board we were talking about. I said, we, we don't even understand a famine for seven years. Can you imagine that? A famine, no food, nothing for seven years. I don't know how long this pandemic is going to last, but we're going to make it. We're going to get out of this. Come on. 
Imagine, I mean, even now, imagine what's been happening. The, the science and the research has been fast-tracked. Things have been moving along. Imagine what it's going to be like when we get out of this. Come on, amen? You see, we must turn our worry to hope. In fact, Philippians 4, 6 says this. Philippians 4, 6, do not worry about anything. He knows that. God knows we do. But he says, don't worry. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I got only got one. Mm, so you guys should be like, yes. OK, letter B. Imagine what could go right and less of what could go wrong. You have a choice. You don't always have to think negative. Come on, say I don't always have to think negative. So you pass. You don't know me. Stop it then. You can think positive. You can think, all right? Think about how much time we spend daily imagining the horrible things that could go bad. And listen, and even though there's no real evidence that those things could ever go bad. Do you see what I'm saying? We think the worst case. Well, what if, what if, and we, we think about this all day long and they almost never come real. Come on, right? Come on. Imagine if the paralytic friends, again... They, they, their worst fears overcame them instead of bringing him to Jesus and him receiving healing in a new life. Just think of how they, they allowed their imaginations to find a solution instead of seeing the impossibilities. When you and I look at stuff, because we are, we're limited, we're humans, and we're like, I've tried everything, I've tried everything, I've tried everything, but maybe like, God, I've tried everything, but I need to see something that you see. That, Lord, you see from above, maybe I need to look from a different perspective. Maybe there is a solution. Maybe there is a hope. Maybe there can be change. What if? What if? Come on, amen. What if? We can if we allow our wonder for God to be reawakened again. Come on, allow God to reawaken your wonder again. The second thing, let me talk about this. Number two is rational fear versus irrational fear. Rational fear versus irrational fear. I've talked about this many times, probably at least once a year. I'm not going to go into depth. So not all fear is bad. Not all fear is bad. Like So when you see a dog, like a big dog, he's snarling, and he's trying to attack you, and he's on this chain, and there's foam coming out of your mouth, and you're like, I'm going to run away. That's probably good fear. Right. When you're in a car with someone and they're texting and you're going down up and down 270 at 95 miles an hour. And all of a sudden you're like, that is good fear. And you probably should say to that person, hey, listen, I am unsafe. Can you put that phone down? Because we're going to die if you don't. If you're like walking somewhere and it's late at night and all of a sudden the hairs on the back of your head go up and your alert goes on. That's probably a good fear. God is saying, watch out, get out of the get out of here quick. Those are good fears, right? Okay? God gives those to us to protect us. It's our body. It's programmed. Uh, that it's Again, either fear, you're, you're seized in fear, you want to fight, or what we call flight. It's, it's freeze, right? You, you freeze, like stop. So sometimes, how many, maybe also you're like, I should stop. And you stop and like something goes by or you, you miss something just because you stopped, Right? Or you fought back, you pushed back, or you took off. And those are natural things that God puts into us. This kind of fear is healthy, and it serves a purpose for keeping us safe. But I want to talk about unhealthy fear. Let her be unhealthy fear. Say unhealthy fear. Unhealthy fear 
is an irrational kind of fear that is often stimulated. I'm going to read this to you. Is often stimulated by wounding and shame messages that is only perceived but, n- but not actually dangerous. You've heard the corny acronym, right? Fear. False evidence appearing real. Fear. False evidence appearing real. Someone type that in the, in the chat. You know, false evidence appearing real. Fear. And as corny as it sounds, our irrational fears often are not rooted in reality, but they're informed by trauma or experiences or, or, you know, we just, we think, you know, I heard of a friend who had a friend who had a friend and that happened to them. You know, I saw it on YouTube. I I did. Someone put it on a tweet or TikTok. I I saw them so I know it could happen to me because that's bad. But what if it doesn't? What if that was made up? Because not everything on the internet is true. Shocker, right? Oh, what? Okay. I'll get off that. You see, we have one of our dogs. We, our dogs are crazy. We love our dogs. You know, we love you more, but we also love our dogs. But we love Jesus more than everything else. Just for you religious people. What? You love your dog? I mean, everybody loves your dog. Not Or cats. If you love a cat, I don't know how you can love a cat, but God bless you somehow. I'm going to get a bad email, I know. You see, one of our dogs is a rescue dog. And she's awesome now. She's much better. But when, when, when she hears a loud noise, like a door slams or a fire, she'll go running for cover like, it's the end of the world. I mean, that, it's kind of funny in one sense, but it's kind of sad. She'll run. She'll, she'll jump on a bed. She'll cower somewhere. She'll hide. And this is what irrational fear does to us. It feeds into our negative imagination and it sends us running from life. It sends us running from living out. It sends us running because something once maybe did bad happen. Or, or you heard a loud noise and it made boom and you run off. And so my question is, and, and I, I, reading out of this book I've read from Harris III, it says, what happens or what continues to whisper lies feeding the dark side of our imagination? You see, you and I get into a negative mindset and we think, man, you see, I just knew it's going to happen. Or the devil lies to us or the world tells you. You need to get control of your irrational fears with the help of God. You need to say, God, deliver me from this. He wants to. I'm going to read the scripture in a few minutes, but the Bible says there is fear and love. Perfect fear, perfect love cast out fear. I'll read that in a few moments, but you've got to know God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross and to take your place and to give you life. Number three, number three, I have to talk about this because we we are conditioned and we naturally do it and the world keeps telling us. But the question is this, are all problems people problems? Are all problems people problems? Letter A, the power of myth. Imagine, imagine if the paralytic's friends saw the crowds and said, you know what? These people will never let us get close to Jesus. We did the best we could. Or, again, it's people. Those people there prevented us from getting Jesus. You kind of follow me? Those people did not allow us to get to Jesus. Or, Or they could have said, because, see, back in those days, back in those days when someone was blind or paralyzed or deaf or something like that. They, they often thought that that person was cursed by God because of a sin that they did or because of something their family did. So they could have said, you know what? He's paralyzed because of his parents 
and their whatever sin they did. And God is like cursing them. So there's really nothing we can't do. So, so it's really it's it's the religious people. It's its parents or it's God or, you know, so we can't do it. It's, it's a people problem. And I want to challenge us today. Not all our problems are derived from people. Right. But our culture loves to feed that myth. It's other people's problem because of them. I'm in this mess. In the book, uh, The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell, he wrote this. He wrote this. Freud tells us to blame our parents for all the shortcomings of our life. Marx tells us to blame the upper class of our society. But the only one to blame is oneself. And now we have this other power of myth, and its its phrase kind of goes like this. It's the other political party's fault. It's the president's fault. It's the pastor's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's the computer's fault. It's my dog's fault. Do you see what I'm saying? Not every problem is from another source. Sometimes it's because we are negatively focused. And I'm not saying, and sometimes problems do happen because sometimes your boss is a jerk. Sometimes politicians fail you. That's never happened in our world. (laughs) Sarcasm, okay? Sometimes it is a political party. Sometimes it is an out, but a lot of times, a lot of our problems are not an outside source. It's something that we do. We hijack ourselves. We, we blame others. And this is, our, this is mankind. I mean, this is when Adam and Eve, when they were caught in sin, the, the devil did it. That, that woman you gave me. I mean, it, it was always, we we're always pointing the blame. It's the power of myth. Romans 14, 12 and 13 says, So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore... Let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put a stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Are all problems, people problems? Let her be our projected image. You see, we are driven by an innate desire to experience love and belonging. That's just everyone wants to, even, even introverts, they still need people at times. They, they need to have connection. They need to, and extroverts sometimes, we, we, I'm an extrovert, and we want sometimes too much. But then there's times we need to retreat and, and just take 30 seconds and, and say, okay, I've been, I've been alone for 30 seconds. I'm done. You know, introverts like 30 seconds. I need like three days from you. Right? Come on. Some of you introverts can say amen to that. But we, we have this innate desire, to, this knowledge to want to be loved, to be accepted, to feel like we belong. And I wonder, I just, I'm just posturing, I'm just thinking because I don't know exactly, it doesn't give us all the details here in Mark chapter 2. But I wonder what the paralytic did to portray a positive image of himself to others so that they, they believed that he wasn't cursed. I mean, you know, we all, you know, we, you know, we, we always... We always say, you know, I mean, you know, we, whatever, we, we come into a situation and we, we give a reason. Well, you know, I'm late because of traffic. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I'm not good at math or I just, you know, I'm not creative. And, we, and we, we try to put this image out. And of course, social media is really horrible for this. What if, the, if some of the shame we experience is really because our imagination sees ourselves like this paralytic man? 
that we don't we feel short. We feel like we we don't add up to society. We don't we don't we're never going to be like everyone else. And the reality is you're never going to be like everyone else. You are unique. You are God planned. What if we stopped trying to please everyone else and we just said, you know what? I have issues. I have problems, but I also have some great values. I have some great gifts that I can offer to my family, my friends, to to the world. What would happen if we accepted our past as over? You see, we can't live in the past. If you've been around here, we talk about if you try to walk backwards or you try to drive backwards without looking, you know, you're never going to get anywhere in life if you're always looking back. Right? What if we accepted that our past is over and that God sees us in a much better light? Because He does. He does see you in a much better light. He does. What if we stopped trying to project a false image to everyone else? What if we, you know, well, I got this degree. I live over here. Uh, you know, or, or sometimes we will point out someone else's flaw so they don't see our flaw. Right? I mean, this is the messed up society we live in. And someone needs to hear this today. You can't control what people think about you. Let me say that again. You can't control all the time what people think about you. And you should not allow that to make you try to be someone you're not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be the real person God has made you to be. There is no perfect person. Say that there is no perfect person. Jesus was... He's God, but there is no perfect person. We must allow the wonder of God to see that He loves every one of us. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. Think about that. You're not junk. You're not a photocopy. You're not a facsimile. You're not an off-brand. You are a masterpiece of God. Say, I am a masterpiece of God. Made by God. Start thinking like that. Start believing. And I know we all do. I beat myself up all the time. It's just my, the way I am. But I've got to be reminded, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us a long time. Do you see that? He has planned good things. Say good things. Not negative things, not bad things. God's a God of judgment, God. No, God is a God of love. He does judge us if we keep doing the wrong, but it's always to bring us back. Come on, get over the past. Get over negativity. Amen? You should be shouting. You should be cheering. I'm a masterpiece. Woo, come on. You're like, woo, I'm a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. (sighs) Pastor, can you go on, please? All right, I will, because I need to move on. Letter C. Finding peace allows our true self to shine. Finding peace allows our true self to shine. You see, social media, listen, social media has driven us towards portraying our lives as perfect, but inwardly we're stressed, we're depressed, we're discouraged, and we're empty because we're trying to say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And the reality is no one really cares what you had for lunch yesterday. No one cares about your dog. I mean, I do a little bit. and I mean, no one cares. I mean... Really? I do. Okay. But if you're doing it for likes and you're doing it so you have followers, you sh- you're, you're, you're just going to be empty. You're going to be disappointed. 
What if we made peace with who we are in God? What if we made peace and said, you know what? I can't please everyone, but I'm going to work to please God. Think about that. What if instead of looking for likes and appearing to have it all together, instead we made peace inside by knowing we are God's wonderful creation? We're not perfect. We're a work in progress anyway, but God is working to make us into that masterpiece. You see, masterpieces take time. It takes time. It's not a paint by number. It's, it, it takes time. And God is working in your life and it's going to take time. Even though you see these people who, who you think have an overnight success. And I love what John Maxwell talks about how he met a, a, a man who, was, who they said, you know, he, he was overnight success. And, he, and the man said, I worked all my life to be, have an overnight success. I'm going to read this to you, and I know I, but I want you to catch this because you are God's wonderful creation. Psalm 139, 13 through 17. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. You've got to get that. God is looking on you. He says, I have great thoughts for you. I have great thoughts for you. I've, I've written out a book. and It's a good book. It's a good plan. I have great things. You've got to walk in it. You see, the paralytic's four friends, they saw their friend in this light. They didn't see him as a loser. They didn't see him as a sinner. They didn't see him as cursed. They saw him as, he is wonderfully made by God. We've got to get him to Jesus. And if the church saw more people like that, the church would be full. I'm just saying. If you begin to look at your life, say, you know what? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a beautiful creation. Your life would be just a little bit better or maybe a lot better. I'm just telling you because I struggle just like you. So letter D is we need to see yourself through God's love. Seeing yourself through God's love. What if we stopped looking at what was wrong with us? And started seeing the good things in our lives. You see, some of us were so focused. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. But what if you said, God can fix me? What if there's nothing wrong? You just need to be realigned. You see, I talked about this and, and I shared it on one of my uh, you know, devotional videos a few, uh, couple months ago. However long ago, I lost track of time. What year are we at? What, where are we at? You know, and, and so uh, a few years ago, my, my back was killing me. I mean, it was kill- my back. Excuse me for the Oh, don't confess that. My back was really hurting me. OK. And, and I mean, I, it, it hurt to stand. It hurt to sit. The only relief that I had was to ride my bike. And I can't ride my bike forever as much as I want. And I had to go to the chiropractor. And they, you know, they took an x-ray in my back. And my back was out of alignment. 
And, and they, you know, they come in and, you know, they do that. You're like, ah, stop. You know, but now I go, to, I go and I get realigned at least every two weeks. Not that I was broken. I was just out of alignment. And you see, some of you, you're so conceived, you're so convinced that you're broken. There's something wrong. Maybe you're just out of alignment. Maybe your focus is just, or maybe something is broken, but you need the creator to come and restore. You need God. Because you see, Jesus says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. God can make all things new. Come on, amen. He loves you. What if we stopped looking at what was wrong with us and started seeing the good things in our lives? Have you truly accepted yourself as God sees you? And I'm here to tell you, God doesn't see you as a sinner. Yeah, I'm going to beat him. No, that's not God because you would be dead already. God looks at you and says, I sent my son, Jesus. I have created you. I have a good life for you. You've got to live in Jesus. Yes, you've got to confess your sins, but I have a great life for you. That's how God sees you. Don't let yourself be lied to by these negative people that want to hold you in fear. Because again, perfect love casts out all fear. Come on, amen. God's love in our hearts and our minds will leave little room for fear. He loves to build us up. God wants to build you up. Come on, amen. God's a God of hate. He is not a God of hate. Never is God been a God of hate. He is a God of love. He hates the devil. He hates sin. He hates it when we shortchange our lives by believing the lies. But he wants you to live in freedom and peace. And he wants you to start imagining the good things, the better things. He builds us up. 1 John 4, 18 and 19. Again, I've quoted. I'm going to quote it again. There is no fear in love. Say it with me. There is no fear in love. Type it in the chat. There is no fear in love. But perfect love, listen, drives out fear because, listen, fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. You see, God wants you to be right. He wants you to live. He wants you to be realigned, whatever. If you need to be fixed, he can fix you. He can renew you. The more we dwell in his love, the more we can reawaken our wonder. Those of you online, the more that you dwell in God's love, the more that you can reawaken your wonder for God. And God is waiting for you to reawaken his wonder in your life. Number four, number four. Two words that change everything. I know we sang that song at the beginning, one word. God is a one word God. But in my sermon today, it's two words. What if? What if? Letter A, what if? Pixar, Pixar pictures. I mean, how many of you, I mean, Toy Story. I mean, have ever you ever seen Toy Story? Finding Nemo? Robots? Pixar pictures? Pastor, I don't watch the internet. Well, you're on right now. Movies. So, so listen to this. Pixar pictures keeps millions of people entertained because of this question. What if? What if toys had feelings? What if fish had feelings? What if robots had feelings? What if is the birthplace of almost every Pixar film? I mean, I love Pixar films. I mean, I, you and I will now, we watch them online, but we'll, we'll pay, we'll, we'll do all that stuff. You see, when you and I ask, what if, 
we start to think and dream. When we ask, what if, we start to think and dream. You see, the paralytic's friend started with, what if we can get him to Jesus? What if? You see, what if engages our brains to consider the many possibilities and to pursue wonder? Think about that. What if it engages our brains, it engages our spirit to consider the many possibilities and the, to pursue wonder again? Why is our picture so successful? Two words, what if? Imagine you harnessing that in your life for the good. What if? Well, let me talk about it. just for a moment. Letter B, misplace what if. Misplace what if. You see, sadly, we often, and I'm guilty, we misplace our what if mindset. We misplace it. Instead of a positive future focus, we apply it to our past. If I, if I were only more attractive, maybe I wouldn't be alone. If I, only, if I were only smarter, I, w- I would have more money. If I had just worked harder, maybe I wouldn't have been fired. You see, when, when we ask in this mindset, when we have a misplaced what if, it guides us into shame. And over time, shame plagues our thoughts. And we stay in a negative cycle. What if you got out of that negative? It never happened, Pastor. But what if? What if it did? Come on, amen? You see, the dark side of our imagination is powerful. And it's going to crush our wonder. It doesn't want you to be free. The dark side of your imagination wants you to live in fear and the negative. What if I, what if I wouldn't have made that mistake? What if I hadn't said those words? What if I had never met that person or hung around that group? Let me tell you, the past is done. Just say, the past is done. It's over. And you can't change it. The past, you cannot change the past. But you can learn from it. And you can start using your imagination for the good. Instead of, what if, what if I, what if, you know, because I've met people and they're like, I just keep falling for the same person. And I say, well, stop looking for the same person. What if you changed? What if you just stopped looking for people and started looking for God first? So let us see reawakened, the reawakened wonder, what if? Say it with me, what if? What if? You see, when we awaken wonder again, when, the, when we allow God to work it, we, we are permitting our mindsets to shift forward. Okay, yeah, those, those were things, yeah, I made some mistakes, those things were bad. But what if I got off those and started thinking about the great things that God has for me? What if I tried something new? What, what if? I mean, I think about this. I, I mean, I, I love food. Okay, I'll talk about it. And Jesus was a foodie. It's scriptural. He went around. They ate. They talked. They, they prayed. They had fellowship. They talked about food. Okay, it's biblical. See, pastor, always got to bring food into it. It's biblical. Spiritually, physically. I mean, and, and so I remember I was, I was traveling with a pastor. And we were traveling to this town. And there was this awesome Italian restaurant. And I said, oh, and the place, it's, it's, it wasn't Italian, it was called the Belvedere, but it was awesome. I said, man, they have the best, of, and he's like, oh, let's go. And I said, well, you know, I don't know if they're open right now, um, but you know, I, but maybe, so we drove, we went out of the way, and we went there, and we stopped, and of course, it didn't open for another two hours, and we're like, we got to get on the road. And he said, I'll never do that again. And he had that, you know, negative, and then like, when I would try to get him to try new food, he'll try it, I didn't like it, it was a bad experience, like, well, 
this was not a good restaurant. I mean, you can't get Italian food at the Golden Corral. Just, just saying. If you love Golden Corral, God bless you. But you're not going to get real. Anyway. And so he had one or two bad experiences. So he wasn't willing to get up. But what if you went to a real Italian restaurant? What if you had an Italian or someone that just knew how to cook Italian? I don't like Italian. Well, you put in whatever kind of food you want. What if you tried something new? What if I started a business? What if I wrote that book? What if I decided that enough is enough and I'm going to choose a new path? What if? Well, Pastor Stan, you don't know, but stop that. What if you got over yourself? What if you stopped making excuses? What if I stopped making excuses? What does your future hold? Think about that. What does your future hold? Online, what does your future hold? Or more important, because some of you say, more, more problems, more despair, because that's what you want. Let me ask it in this way. What would you like your future to hold? What good things would you want to be done in your life? What good things do you want to do in life? You see, you and I must visualize our preferred future. Think about the good things, not the bad future. Think about the good future that God has for you. Think about the good things. And then you and I and I, we don't like it, but we have to then write out a plan. And then we have to start stepping into it. Pray, God, show me what to do and then start stepping into it. Wonder gives us permission to believe things that have not happened yet. I know that sounded muddy. Wonder gives us permission to believe things we've yet to see possible. Wonder gives us permission to believe things we have yet to see possible. You see, the paralytic friends saw a better future for him. Man, I mean, all of us want friends like that, right? Let's bring you to Jesus because he will heal you. Oh, it's crowded here? We're going to go on top of the roof. We're going to, there's a roof here? We'll dig through. We're going to get, we're going to lower Jesus down. Man, those are some good friends, right? Number five, and I'm going to get down to the end of worship team. Be ready to come up in a moment. Number five, cultivating the it's possible mentality. Cultivating the it's possible mentality. You see, I want to tell you today, and I, and I struggle just like you. We all struggle. But letter A is the God of miracles is a reality. It's not made up. Because if it was made up, this thing would have disappeared a long time ago. Churches would have never been where they are today. God is a God of power. Say that God is a God of power. He is a God of wonder. He is a God of love. He is a God of supernatural miracles. In other words, supernatural is natural for God. Think about that. To us, it's supernatural, but the supernatural, it's a natural thing for God. Miracles are just an everyday thing that God does. Yes, amen. Thank you for that. Jeremiah 32, 17, All sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Listen to this. Nothing is too hard for you. What's impossible for us, God can do it. Ephesians 1, 18-20. And this is what Paul is saying. Ephesians 1, 18-20. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may choose the hope to which you have to choose it. That you may choose the hope to which he has called you. Riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Verse 19. 
and his uncomparably great power that for us who believe. Do you see that? That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted and raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. Worship team, can you come right now? The God of miracles is our God. Say, the God of miracles is our God. You have the capacity to imagine. Say, I can imagine greater things. See, you have the ability to dream. Well, pastor, I always dreamed the right. But you can fix it. You can change your dreams. You can have great dreams. See, you're a dreamer in the making because God is in you. And this mighty power, Paul is saying, I'm, I'm praying that your eyes would be enlightened. And I'm praying that you choose it. You see, Paul didn't say, you're going to do it. He says, I pray that you choose it. What if? What if? What if you chose that this miraculous power, the word power is dunamis, means supernatural power. It says that that power is the same as the mighty strength that, that raised Christ from the dead. That power is for us. Do you see that? So God's supernatural power is for us. Letter B, it's cultivating the it's possible mindset. You've got to get this. And I, I'm sorry I didn't put this in the notes, but you have to cultivate the it's possible mindset because we are drawn to negativity. The first thing is you must see the future without limitations. You must see the future without limitations. You must see the future without limitations. The second thing is let the Holy Spirit open your hearts to reveal the strength. The second one, let the Holy Spirit open your heart to reveal His secrets. Let the Holy Spirit open your hearts to reveal His secrets. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit wants to reveal deep things to you. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And later on down in, the, in that book of Corinthians, it says that we have the mind of Christ. The third thing, the third thing, believe that what was impossible in the past is now possible. Believe that what was impossible in the past is now possible. Believe that what was impossible in the past is now possible. Come on, amen? Number four is lift the lid off your mind. Right? Blow your mind, in other words. Lift the lid off your mind and resist old assumptions. Lift the lid off your mind and resist old assumptions. Lift the lid off your mind and resist old assumptions. Number five, let go of lesser ambitions. Let go of lesser ambitions and reach beyond. I mean, I know a lot of us, we're just in a survival mode, but what if God is saying, it's time to get out of survival mode. You have answers for the world. Start thinking big. Come on. Let go of lesser ambitions and reach beyond. And finally... Make a faith declaration. Make a faith declaration of what God has for you. Make a faith declaration of what God has for you. Would you stand with me in the room here and maybe online, whatever you want to do. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than all we ask or imagine. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that's the power of dunamis, that is work at work within us. To be him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. What if? What if you release this power in your life? What if the church started believing in this power again? What if the church was the ones going out and bringing the change that our nation, the nations of the world desperately needs? What if you started dreaming again? What if you got freed of the past and started living for the future? You see, in my concluding statement, I said this, a limited mindset is ruled by fear and worry. What if you got freed and delivered from fear and worry? You see, wonder mindset lets you believe all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. What if? What if we started thinking, not fake positivity, but okay, this is a mess, but we're going to get out of it. I'm going to get out of it. God has a better plan because He does. He has good things stored up for you. He has booked good things. You've got to get out of the past. You've got to get out of the negativity. You've got to say, God, what if the plan for me is greater? And the answer to that, it is. Because the Bible says so. You've got to believe it. What if you believe the greater things? Father, help us in this room today. Help us. Because I get in the same thing. I get negative. I, I, I think of the past. I think of just how things aren't going to work. And I, and I can get in this negative imagination. Lord, let us turn to the, not a fake positive, but a real positive. What if you intervened in our lives? What if the power of God is working? And it really it is. But what if I chose to live in it? What if I declared, what if I took the lid off my thoughts and believed in greater things? What if, God, help us to stop being negative focused and start making peace with who we are and saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made and God has ordained for me good things and I'm going to walk in it from this point on. Yeah, there's a mess. Yeah, there's troubles. Yeah, I'm hurting right now, but I'm going to get out of this because this is not forever. What if we believed for the greater things. What if we stepped out? What if we imagined salvation and healing? What if we were like these four friends and brought people to Jesus, expect God to do something? What if the church would really be the church in the world today? What if I would believe all that God has for my life? Maybe you're you're online, maybe you're in this room today and you're like, you know, what if I gave my life to Jesus? What what if I did surrender everything? I'm going to tell you that would be one of the best things you ever did in your life. Because, see, Jesus wants you to be a part of his family, the family of God. He wants you. Jesus died for you. He gave his life so that you could have life. And maybe, you know, I'm I'm at that point, Pastor Stan. I want to accept Jesus. You just say, God, please take my life. I surrender all to you. That if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the past. Saved from sin. Save from negativity if that's what you allow God to work in your lives. Maybe online, you're, you're going to make the decision. Maybe in the room, you're going to make the decision. Just say, you know what, I'm going I'm to give my life to Jesus right now. Just do it. There's no magic prayer. I, you don't have to come down here and do anything special. You just need to say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life, and I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. If you make that decision, though, would you let us know? Send us an email, send us a text, however that is. But maybe in this room, maybe you need to say, God, help me to be delivered from this 
past or this negativity or the pain or this irrational fear. Maybe you want to come to the front during the worship time. Maybe you want to bow uh, there. Maybe you just want to sit there. Maybe you need to go home and, and think about it. But I'm just praying. Let me just pray for all of us in this room, God. Help us to have our wonder reawakened in our lives, our minds, our thoughts, our bodies, our spirits. Let us stop focusing on the negativity of the past. Sure, it happened. But now, God, we can move forward. Help us to move forward to that preferred future you have for every person in this room, online, watching right now, those that will watch later. Because, God, you have a wonderful plan for every person in this world. You want every person to be redeemed. You want every person to be renewed. You want every person living in this plan. And really it depends on us saying, what if I stepped into it? What if I believed this God? What if I would get rid of this negativity and follow this plan that God has for my life? So Lord, I speak into every one of us. What if we need to step out and do something new? Or, or, or make some new friends or, or, or do this or that. What if we actually made the plans to do it, God? What if we needed a dream again? What if we needed to do, just to have a positive out mindset again, Lord? So, Lord, would you put this wonder switch back on in us? And at this great power that is at work within us, now to Him who is able to immeasurably do more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. Lord, let us release that power. Let us turn that wonder switch back on because there's nothing impossible for you, God. Nothing's impossible, God. To you be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. Let this new generation of of people find this God. Let the old generation of people find this God again, Lord. Let the church repent for following other things and let us get back to following the God of all wonders. Because He's the only one that's going to change the world. When the church aligns with Jesus and walks with Jesus and lives in this Jesus and we become like these paralytic friends and say, we're going to bring people to Jesus because He is going to change them, we will see revival. We'll see renewal. We'll see a spiritual awakening in this nation, in every nation, and in our lives, God. Would you help us to lift the lid, God, and believe in greater things, God? What if we lived like this God wanted us to live? Thank you. God bless you. The worship team is going to sing at least one time. We're grateful that you joined us today. Let's worship. If you want to come down to the altar, you want to kneel, you need to go, you want to worship where you're at, please do. Where would I run to the throne?